The Chef Nas Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Naz Podcast. Here at Shepherd Church, everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Joe. I'm your host today. Yesterday, we started a conversation with Brian Utter, the Global Coordinator for World Mission Broadcast. He had so many great things to share that we decided to continue that conversation into today. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, you'll want to catch up with that first. So now we'll jump back into our conversation with Brian. So the number one job of a missionary is to work yourself out of a job. Your job is really to raise up people to replace you, raise up nationals and turn that ministry over to them. So uh, I I was contacted by the Global Ministry Center and they're like, um, the South America region is outproducing the rest of the world combined in media is your team ready to go without you? And so I, I purposely um, included in my budget personnel development. So my entire team was South American, different countries. Um, I had a team member that's, that was in Brazil doing Portuguese. And um, during that time, I, I invested uh, money in uh, sending two of my, my staff people to college to get degrees in communications and media, um, two of my staff members to get master's degrees. Um, and so everyone, they were ready. They were ready to do it without me. And so I came back to the U.S. Very difficult decision. It's like giving up a child because mm-hmm. you've raised this thing since it was a baby. Um, but um, uh, they asked me to come back and, and light a fire under the rest of the world. So uh, I came back to the Global Ministry Center. And um, during the, my years there, um, completely redid the Africa um, strategy for media. Um, radio is still um, the main thing in Africa. It will be for a long time. Um, kicked off uh, an Arabic uh, television ministry from Beirut, Lebanon. It was produced there. Um, that's been hugely successful. Um, probably the most successful thing we do in the Church of the Nazarene when it comes to media. Um, wow. Just some different things. And, and I can talk more specifically about those if you'd like. Um, oh sure, yeah. What what kind of uh, what kind of TV programs do we have over there? Sure. Um, so uh, our our host of our program, his name is Ayman Kafroni, and Ayman um, was an Arabic pop singer, hugely popular um, in uh, the 1990s. He was like okay. they known. He was known as the Elvis of the Middle East. If that gives you any idea. All uh, right. He uh, he was not a Christian, um, even though he grew up in a Christian-based home, but they really didn't understand personal relationship with Christ, which is kind of weird in Lebanon to grow up in a Christian home. Um, but uh, he, he was trying to find uh, a void in his life that fame, success, money couldn't fill. And so he was, uh, you know, number one songs on the radio, millions of records, sold out stadiums. Uh, but still had to use drugs to fill that gap. Mm. Um, one deal he made a deal with God, um, which you don't make a deal with God because it's a very dangerous thing to do. <laughs> um, but God basically got a hold of him and um, changed his life. He quit as a pop singer, walked away from that career, and um, got involved with the Church of the Nazarene in Beirut. Um, today he's a, an ordained Nazarene minister. Um, and, and, uh, he started working with our 
Arabic radio programs uh, in the year 2000 um, and then um, contacted me several years ago. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to be in Los Angeles um, because he now as a Christian, um, he's now like Chris Tomlin in the Middle East. So he he writes original Arabic, original Arabic worship music, which, you know, doesn't exist. Um, and uh, whenever there is an, an Arabic revival that's happening around the world, like a campaign, um, even with outside the Church of the Nazarene, he gets invited to lead worship as a part of it. So he was coming to Los Angeles and asked me to fly out there and meet him. And, and he, uh, he said, things are opening up in the Middle East. We have an opportunity to do television. Um, and I'm like, OK. So we laid out a strategy on napkins at a Starbucks and uh, uh, we launched uh, a, an Arabic radio program on Sat7. Satellite 7 is a satellite network across the Middle East uh, from the island of Cyprus and uh, was very successful. Um, a couple years after doing that, um, he contacts me. He's like, hey, I'm in Atlanta and I'm on my way to Phoenix. Again, revivals. There are Arabics everywhere. Right, right. Uh, yep. He says, uh, I just had lunch last week with the director of MTV in the Middle East. And um, because his career before he knew him, he said, political correctness is working in our favor. Um, They want to give us free airtime because they give the Muslims free airtime at Ramadan and they want to be politically correct. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Where there's a door. (laughs) You would expect something around Easter. And they didn't give us just, uh, you know, Easter. They didn't give us Holy Week. They gave us Lent. So we developed a 40-day, 40-episode uh, series on the life of Christ called Kadakmel, which means in Arabic it is finished, and um, aired that on MTV. Just So this played on Arabic MTV for 40 yeah. days. Wonderful. Yeah, and in, in what would be considered prime time, because it was like 7 o'clock in the evening, um, wow. and it involved a lot of music. Um, from there, um, we... Uh, we continue to do um, the show. Um, it's it's honestly it's the most expensive ministry we have in the Middle East, in, in the world for the Church of the Nazarene, because we we can't have a communication center there. We can't build our own studio. Um, you know we have to rent a facility. It's typically underground warehouse. We have to bring in power. We have to rent the equipment because it's just too visible if we own it. Right. Uh, right. So um, he produces typically in October, November to be ready for Lent. He contacts me. um, This is our third year of the the program on MTV. And uh, he's like, and I ask him, how's the production going? He's like, great. You know, we've uh, been producing uh, the new series and we just wrapped up uh, interview number 39. So they're having an interview in every segment. And um, I said, oh, I said, "Um, are we staying with the same name at Kadok Mel as the program? And he's like, oh, no, no, we're calling the Ishaloni Ashoa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that we'll get critiqued for it, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but in English, it means um, ask me about Jesus. Oh, and I said, okay. I like that. I like yeah. that. I said, who have you been interviewing? He, and so he goes, we've been interviewing Arabic um, actors and actresses and um professional sports figures and uh the news anchors and uh the tomorrow our final interview is the former first lady of lebanon and i'm like wow i'm like this is kind of crazy i didn't know we had 
you know, people of that kind of level in, in the <laughs> right. Middle East that were believers in Christ. And we he's, like, oh, wait, cool. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, uh, they're not Christian. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I said, what are they coming on our program? And they're, they're talking about what? He says, oh, no, they're coming on the program to ask about Jesus. I'm like, wait wow. a minute, what? <laughs> so they're doing the interview. <laughs> yes. And so he's like, they've come on the program to ask you about Jesus, and they're letting you respond to that question to let them know about Jesus. And um, just crazy things happened because of that series. You know, we uh, we had a, a publishing company that was a Christian ministry underground in the Middle East that printed and paid for like $50,000 worth of billboards across the Middle East to promote the television show. And um, all these people that we interviewed, I don't like calling them celebrities, but that's what they are. And they've got Twitter and followers like crazy. And so they tweet out, hey, I'm going to be on MTV tomorrow night at 7. Be sure to watch. To wow. millions of people. And so, and, and, um, and they get to tune in and, and watch them ask about who is Jesus. Exactly. Yes. So it was just phenomenal, phenomenal uh, ministry um, that's been going on. Um, and he continues to do it, um, even though he pastors an Arabic church today in outside of Cleveland. <laughs> uh, wow. That's yeah. exciting. So, as coordinator, you're kind of uh, making all this facilitating all this happening around the world. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so what, what's next for World Mission Broadcast? What, where are we headed? Yeah, we're heading where technology goes, bottom line. Um, technology is different from, from country to country, culture to culture. But I will tell you this, the one common factor, well, there's several common factors. One is um, the generation of young people in the world today they um, they want to express themselves in any way they can, and technology is now in their pocket. Most of them mm -hmm. carry around a, a television studio in their pocket. And so we as a church are helping them understand how that resource that they have can be utilized to create content that <clears throat> that is kingdom minded and makes a difference in their culture and so our our uh, our goal is to really use them and their generation they want to express themselves they thrive off of community um and so that that technology in their pocket keeps them connected to literally a global community the study's been done on generations you know i'm from i'm from the gen x generation my parents are boomers uh, my son is right on the end of millennial and uh, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. uh, Gen Z is also called digital native. Uh, my youngest is definitely a digital native. Um, and when you look at even the older millennials and up, we're very different around the world, culture to culture. But that younger generation, we're so similar. They're so similar because of technology. So the cultural differences that were from our generation are disappearing. They're becoming erased because content's at their fingertips. So yeah, they're consuming they, content from everywhere. Right. I mean, there's global content. I mean, obviously within certain restrictions with different countries, but 
people are experiencing a lot of the same things at the exact same time all around the world. Yeah. So, um, so when it comes to future, what does that look like? Um, it's equipping, which is not only training on how to produce great content, because that's, that's the bottom line. That's what it is. Content, the mantra in media is content is king. It's always been that way. Content is king. You have to have great, compelling content. But within the last 10 years, distribution is queen. Mm. And how we distribute content has completely changed. Cable television is basically on life support. So um, what would cost the Church of the Nazarene before millions and millions of dollars to get a television series on cable television, that costs us nothing today. Right. Because we can produce it, yes, that there's cost there. But when it comes to distribution, there's so many free avenues today with YouTube and Venmo and um, Vimeo, Vimeo rather. Um, and even even when you create something that's good, then those aggregators like Netflix they come calling saying, "Hey, we want your stuff," or whatever you know. Right, um, right. So th then you have major platforms you can get on when you create great compelling professionally produced content we've seen that in christian films i'm i'm a critic of christian films you know i think production value it's okay if you're not doing major you know special effects or you need need cgi it's okay script writing <laughs> great you guys should have a great story the story of hope is a great story um the acting is where they need to spend more money mm -hmm. you know some of the best christian films is because they've invested in actors that are really good mm-hmm you know, um, so future plans, future dreams. Uh, I, I do have a dream, and that is I would love to do an international film competition where it's teams of two, and I want it limited to anyone 20 and under. Nice. Yeah. Where they you. come up with the idea, and with the equipment that they have, they produce a 30-minute film. That's a tall and then order. I would love to get one of our universities, you know, note to Olivet, to offer two, two scholarships that cover everything where they can come and study film. And then we create this huge international film festival, basically from teenagers that are producing films, kingdom-minded. You, I guarantee you, we will be shocked at... Yeah the amount of talent that we see within our church globally. So really, when it comes to future, we need to figure out who's doing it, where they're doing it, and empower them. You know, teach them, hey, you can do it diff like this, and it'll turn out better, or this is an easier way of doing this. And if you need better equipment, hey, we can get you this. Um, that's right. where the future is, really. And a lot of people will question, well, how does that get people into the church? Um, you know... I'm more concerned with how do we get people into the kingdom? Yeah. You know, get people into the kingdom. And once we have a connection with them, then we get them plugged into the church somewhere. And a lot of times there might not be a Nazarene church nearby, but I'm not going to stop from them hearing that message. Right. 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 They could I, be I, the future Nazarene church in that city. <laughs> well, you know, a, a, a to kind of support what you were just saying, Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're called to go make disciples. 
um, I believe it was Jesus that said, I will build my church. So I, I don't think we have to worry about whether or not we can funnel every single person that comes to Christ through these ministries back into the Nazarene church, although we would love to have them and sure. because we, we want to help shepherd them. Um, but I think you're right. We, we have to stay focused on our call to make disciples and let God take care of the details. Trust the Spirit to do what the Spirit's going to do. Um, so, well, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started all this recording. And uh, this is kind of looks like a good jumping point because you're talking about having this competition uh, potentially mm-hmm. with the 20 unders. Uh, tell us a little bit about the recent trip that you were on and kind of some of the things that you were doing in, in that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a professor here at Olivet Nazarene University. I'm the director of the Olivet Media Group as well. We operate... Um, uh, three radio stations, networks, if you will. Um, one of them is in Spanish. When I came back here and realized that, uh, yeah, we could do Spanish here. Um, so we launched that uh, 10 years ago. Um, but uh, I take a group of students every year that are media students primarily. And uh, we go and establish, um, in connection with World Mission Broadcast, a media discipleship center and do a media camp to launch it. And so um, um, using World Mission Broadcast funds, we purchase equipment and uh, this equipment we physically take in. Um, We train uh, at this camp. So we were in the country of Paraguay um, this year and uh, Paraguay is a small landlocked country in South America. Uh, The church has really struggled to take, get a foothold there um, they, they really need stability and leadership and they have that now. And I, all I know is after, after these past two weeks and seeing the young people that came out to this camp, uh, I'm very excited for the future of the church in, in, in Paraguay. Um, these are young people that are really on fire for God and want to do everything they can to grow his kingdom. And so um, I, I take down Olivet students and uh, we do classes in uh, video production and filming using a camera, uh, photography, there's audio and radio classes, um, graphic design, social media strategy, um, storytelling, many other things that are involved with that. And um, so there, there's, we, t- we talk about it, we show it, and then we do it. And so the students, the campers, they all have phones. They all have mm-hmm. that studio in their pocket. Sure. And so they then go out and do the uh, take pictures or record audio or film something and edit it. Do a do a, a calendar for for social media posts. Um, you know, they have to do what they've learned and put it into practice. But the whole idea of that equipment that we take and, and use during the camp, it stays right there in the country. And so um, the first one we did, we launched. Um, our first one just before COVID in 2019, and that was in Rio Bamba, Ecuador. And, uh, you know, the, the idea is this, um, you know, we have Nazarene Compassion Ministries has our, our child development centers around the mm-hmm. world. Um, yes. And then there are other organizations that do it, Compassion and all those, those, the kids that are in those, they grow up, they're given a meal, they're, they're helped with their homework, they're taught Jesus. Um, but many times when they age out of that program, 
we we lose them. Not all of them. We maintain a good portion of them, right? Um, how can we stop that? So what what what's one thing that teenagers around the world all have in common? <laughs> they all have right. a cell phone. They all care about technology. They care about connectivity. They're trying to. They want to express themselves through the content that they're creating. So okay, then let's create a media discipleship center where we get to teach them. And so we offer classes. So the equipment and the center set up at that point. Um, the the local church strategy then the local district or country in in the case of Paraguay is uh, let's have more classes. Let's do more camps and let's create content. And the content, of course, is to build the kingdom of God. So um, next summer, the the plan is to go to um, the Eurasia region. And so we will be at a training center, I think, that's being built. I'm not sure the exact spot, um, but it's a place that everyone can get a visa to travel to, which is good. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll do a camp there as well and so every year is a camp so every year is a camp and the equipment necessary to uh to leave there and set up shop for them even buying soundproofing while we're there to make the space soundproof Uh, this is wonderful um i i think what what you're doing for the kingdom what you're doing for the church uh is really helping to build for the next generation um, and for them to be able to take some ownership and realize that they can have uh, meaningful input in the content and to be able to start to see the results from that because they they get those likes and shares and, and that fuels their fire to want to do more. And, um, you know, you and I, when we grow, grew up, um, if there was a revival coming, we would go out and pass out flyers. Uh, that right. that day is gone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're carrying a, a world's worth of flyers in your pocket. And um, it's just wonderful that you are not only um, the work that you've done with the World Mission Broadcast, but also what you're doing there at Olivet with these students. And uh, we thank you so much for coming on. Um, one last thing uh, that I wanted to cover was that, you know, uh, whether it's you and your in your ministry, what needs you might have or broader needs uh, for Mission Broadcast, um, can you tell our listeners how, how they can either get involved or how they can help uh, with what needs you have? Sure. Um, well, the needs are ongoing around the world and how people can get involved more than anything. Uh, world Mission Broadcast is 100% funded from the World Mission Broadcast offering. And so that's unique. Um, they have the World Evangelism Fund, which takes care of missionaries and health insurance and those kinds of things. Um, but World Mission Broadcast doesn't get any funding from the World Evangelism Fund. It's a separate ministry, a separate offering. Um, so um, that offering, when you highlight the ministry, um, some people still take an offering. Some people it's included as a, a line item within their faith promise. Um, mm-hmm. So just making sure that that support continues. Um, otherwise, uh, we're not allowed to expand if we, we don't have those funds. And what we're trying to do more than anything is we do not create a dependency upon the offering. We try to move people within a seven-year period. If they're wanting to do a local media ministry and receive assistance from that, um, within seven years, they're completely self-funded. 
Wow. And they're covering all their costs. Um, that, that's been something that we put in place almost 15 years ago now. Um, that it's just something on my heart just because, uh, you know, offerings, they don't go up, <laughs> you know, it's harder every year. And so how do we continue to expand into new languages? Um, we don't, if we can't do that. So we, we don't create dependency, create self-sufficiency. I teach them how to raise money. I said, you have an hour on the radio. That's valuable. Here's how to find yeah. a business that will sponsor that, you know? So and one of the questions a lot of people ask is how many languages does World Mission Broadcast have? And my answer is always the same. I have no idea. <laughs> and we've done that in the past. We've done an inventory where we've done all the research. By the time we get everything compiled, it's out of date. You know, because the average person on the continent of Africa speaks eight languages. Wow. And so we equip them with something and, and we have like backpack studios we send them. We've sent over a hundred backpack studios just to Africa alone. You know, uh, we now give them a resource in their hand 24 seven and they speak eight languages. That's multiplication. So yeah. where they were doing one and they were going to a studio and usually renting that studio to record that one program. Now they have a studio 24 seven at their fingertips and they have a team of people and they speak multiple languages so let's multiply the languages because Wonderful. people accept Christ in their heart language. Yeah. So let's give them their heart language. Once again, thank you uh, for taking the time to talk with us. Um, it has been a joy to hear your heart. It has been uh, invigorating, I think, as people will hear um, everything that's going on around the world and thank you for the part that you've had in it. Uh, I appreciate the humbleness in which you approach it and that uh, you want to be replaced wherever you go. And um, it's, it would be very tempting to, to take ownership of a lot of these things because uh, they've been some great milestones along the way. Uh, but seeing you continually hand those over to others to take on uh, that obviously frees you up to the next thing and i think that's that's wonderful so thank you so much for joining us today um we look forward to hearing from you again i i hope that that will be the case all right yes joe thank but you we hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you will like and subscribe share us with a friend and help spread the word as always, you can reach out to us by emailing podcast at shepnaz.org. Look for Shepherd Church on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find all those kinds of links at the church website at shepnaz.org. For Brian, I'm Joe. God bless and have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.